Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Sermondo Talks. My name is Christina and my today's guest is Paulina Mason, who's the founder of Shopkeeper, an international speaker and an Amazon seller. Let's say hi and ask her a few questions. Um, I'm here today with Paulina Mason. Uh, she's born in Lithuania and lived in Canada for, I think, 15 years and is currently living in Turkey. And she's the founder of Shopkeeper. Hi, glad to have you here. Hi, Christina. Hi, nice to be here. Um, in one sentence, what is Shopkeeper? Shopkeeper is a profit dashboard. That's it. That's just four <laughs> words. <laughs> so... It's one of these accounting tools that help you to make decisions as an Amazon seller. So it's not really an accounting tool which gives you transaction by transaction, but more it helps you to manage and manage by exception so that you could see the problems that are in your business and focus on those first. So we'll tell you if you're overspending on something or, or something else needs your attention. So all of these problems will be apparent. And that's, uh, that's what Shopkeeper is helping you with day-to-day -day tasks and to know what to focus on. Okay, and how long have you been around for? Like, how long does Shopkeeper exist? So we were founded in 2016, September, and it took us about six months to develop the initial version, and then we were launched. Nice. Um, do you also have experience with Amazon FBA? Yes. So I'm a seller myself. I've been a seller since the gold rush started, which is about 2014. That's when all the people started jumping on. And if you Google, Google trends, you know, and you put Amazon FBA, you will see like a big boost after 2014. That's exactly when eBay started going downwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's when I jumped on the wagon and I, I am still a seller right now, even though my focus 95% goes on the app. I am still a seller because I, I just want to be hands-on and uh, test my software with all possible marketplaces. So I sell on 11 marketplaces myself. And um, I have a team right now managing my Amazon account for me, but in general, I am still a seller. Pretty good. So that's how you also keep like track what changes and what's new on Amazon. Exactly. And it's important in my type of software because every marketplace has a little bit of different structure in the back end. Let's say in France, the report headings are in French, you know, and then in, uh, there's so many differences. And in Mexico, for example, a certain report, FBA report is not available. So then we have to use alternative report. If I wouldn't have an account in that country and wouldn't have any sales there, it would be very hard to test the software and to, um, you know, to build it. So that's why I am um, actively selling in all of those marketplaces. Uh, when you started with uh, Amazon FBA, were you still employed like in a normal firm? Because, you know, a lot of people just start Amazon FBA as a side business. Yeah, they do. And it's a hard leap of faith to take. No, but I wasn't in that situation. I am a longtime entrepreneur, so I've started several companies before that. And um, just when I was a software developer, in school, still in school. So the whole class of mine were basically entrepreneurs. They were all very startup minded and there were big companies that grew from that. Actually in my class, I studied in, uh, in Canada. In my class was the Shopify 
people, you know, and then another little company that was acquired by Shopify later. So they become to be big people and they are the ones who inspired me to start my own company. And um, so it's been a long time that I've been online doing all types of businesses. And once one business was starting to go a little bit down because the niches were switching, you know how online all the businesses are like that. Yeah, you know? yeah, ups and downs. Once it, I saw the downwards trend, then I switched up. I started looking for new opportunities, and that's when Amazon FBA hit my radar. And that's then you just I, started out, right? Became a seller, and then I thought, mm, because I'm a software developer, you know, so my brain like, mm, I need this to show me that, okay, and I need this notification, and I need that. So I built that initial software myself for me. <laughs> And then when people started asking for it, you know, then it was time to hire a team and build it from scratch and make a nice commercial product out of it. Very impressive. Um, what do you like most about being self-employed? What I like, mostly I like that I have time to be creative. You know, I, I did work at a few big companies and I thought that that was my dream. Like I worked at EA Games and IBM and it wasn't a dream at all, you know. I was just sitting in this uh, tall walls cubicle, you know, where you don't even see someone else. All you see is green statuses on the intercom, like the little chat, you know, that we were using internally. And you see the green status or yellow status if the person is there or not. <laughs> and that's it. And all day long, you're just repeating some boring development task that you've learned already. And you're just repeating and repeating. It's just no fun at all. <laughs> so I... I just love that creativity. Like you say, what do I like about being self-employed? Well, because every single day you have a new challenge, something new, fun to create. You're just coming up with ideas, delegating. Okay, let's do this idea. Let's delegate that. And it's just, it never ends, you know, let's do this feature. Let's talk to some customers, see how they use this, how they can, every day something different. So it's so exciting to be your own um, person and your own entrepreneur. You create your own world, you know. Actually, I work much more than I was working when I was working full time. Like when you are an employee, Gosh. you just work nine to five, take off the hat at home and forget about it. Now I never take off that hat. I basically just <laughs> go sleep with my, I have this little headset. So I do it like this. And then while my, my baby, well, I have a two-year-old that is a little one. She takes like oh, half, for yeah, half an hour or 45 minutes to sleep. So I like lay next to her and I listen to another business podcast, you know, and it's just like, you really? never take off hat from the, uh, you know, from the business. It's always in my head. So probably when I'm sleeping, I still generating some ideas. That's what I call multitasking. <laughs> right. And I can imagine you also like helping other people with their business. I mean, when you decided to open up your, your software to other sellers um, and what would you say? How do you help them make money or save money in your own words? So many sellers actually do reach out to me because I'm a numbers girl and I do see a lot of different situations. How uh, So they ask me questions like, what do you think is going wrong? Why my new product I launched and it's not working for me? Can you investigate? So I look at their numbers and see where they can optimize what they could do and things like that. So that's probably my biggest help as, as it comes to person to person from the shop shopkeeper founder to the seller. But I also have many entrepreneur friends and um, 
I really like to talk things like mindset and um, a few friends of mine, close friends of mine are always on dilemmas, you know, should I do it? Should I not? Should I do it? Or not? So I'm the kind of person who always helps them to go over that hump, you know, yeah. so, so you just do it already. And because of this, 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 and that, 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 you know, they say, okay, I'll do it tomorrow. They're like, ah, oh, but I don't know. Paulina says, yes, do it because <laughs> so I'm that that person who always helps them to be motivated and uh, have energy to do something. <laughs> That's me. Okay. And um, why should I choose Shopkeeper and not another tool? So there are other profit dashboards out there. There's probably about good ones, maybe three. <laughs> and in general, maybe eight of them, right? Why I say good ones? Well, um, some of them are focusing on horizontal approach. That means that they do a little bit of PPC management, a little bit of something else, a little bit of profit calculation, a little bit of email forwarding. And that makes them good as a general tool for beginners, but it's not good enough to be to going deep, you know. So for example, when you're calculating your profit, it's not good enough to just know that, you know, your Amazon fees were like FBA fee and referral fee, and you spend for manufacturing and shipping. And that's it. That's all they look at. But there are so many other things that are part of your costs, you know, storage fees, coupon redemption fees, early, you know, 72 different kinds of fees that exist. 72. Yeah. Well, oh. fees and charges to be yeah. correct. So those 72, we pull from many different reports, different things and put them all together for you so that you, you are aware of your real numbers. And that's, uh, that's our difference that we take that vertical approach and dive deep in one thing. Do you have um, users from all over the world? Yes. So 60% of our sellers are from the United States. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have very strong following in Spain and France. I guess it's due to our uh, friends, Julian and Francisco, who have their own YouTube channels and are, are showing the demos how they are using Shopkeeper. They are very strong <laughs> sellers and are using our software. So they are actually naturally um, showing it when they are showing uh, things to others. They're teaching other people how to do Amazon. So because of them, we have a lot of Spanish and uh, French people as well. But overall, it's from everywhere, every little corner of the world, you, you can find it on our list of users. Is the profit dashboard always in English or can you also switch uh, languages? It's in English, but you know, uh, Google Chrome has this feature where you can right click and translate to whichever language you want. Just in the Google Chrome settings, you have to choose the languages that will pop up in the right click. And then you can, once you translate it, then there's this option to always translate this. And then you can just keep it. it. It will not be exact translation, but you will not be confused. You know, um, what fee is that? It, it just translates it for you. Okay. Um, and what do you do when someone purchases Shopkeeper and is for somewhat reason not happy with it? How would you deal with that? Hmm. So let me think of some time that this happened. Um, sometimes it's just a matter of what you expect from a software. So like I said, we are diving deep in one thing, right? And it, we, we don't focus on other things. Like we do have a section for inventory management, for example, but it's very basic and it's only supporting that core feature, which is calculating how much your profit and losses and for every accountant, every month, you need to know how many inventory you had because of that, we are tracking the inventory. 
but um, so some users may, there was a user that expected that our inventory forecasting will be very good and, you know, so, but it's not the core feature. So I guess that's the only case that we would have some sort of disappointment or, or, or he moved on to a very full-fledged inventory management software. You know, so it depends what you're looking for. And the thing with our software, what people like about it is that it's for non-technical users. It's very good for non-techies because you come, all other softwares are so busy, you know, spreadsheet, 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 and these numbers just, you know, make you mad. Yeah. <laughs> but ours, you come, there's three numbers, you know, revenue, profit, and sales. Now, if you want to know more, you click on whichever number, and then you can see more information. Then you click again, see more information, and you just keep clicking to get more information. It's very, um, then it's much more clear what it's about, and then you can understand the numbers better. Okay. I see. Then now we get to the personal stuff, which is uh, my favorite part. Um, <laughs> what do you like? I mean, you said you love being self-employed and you love being your own boss, but are there also some things that you don't like about your work life? You know, I've recently done this, you know, the circle of life, I think it's called. <laughs> where there's like 10 things that you evaluate in your life, which are from one to 10, right? So I had love at 10 and then career at 10 and then something else at 10. But in terms of family, spending time with kids and so on, I only put seven and spirituality, I only put two, you know? So them probably is some, something that being an entrepreneur gives, you know? especially in the beginning when you're clawing hard to make your money, especially first three years, you have to spend so much time focusing on the business that something has to give, you know, a little bit. So it's very, very important to find that work-life balance and it's hard to do it. Uh, now my kids are already both going to like kindergarten and uh, school, you know, and then it's much easier because during the day I can work in the evening, I put them to sleep. And then after nine thirty, after they sleep, I go back to the laptop again. And then, you know, until 12, I work. So it becomes like a 12 hour day basically, which is still good. But in turn, you have to balance it so nicely. For example, every Saturday, me and my husband is just our day. On Saturday, kids are somewhere else, usually with grandma or, or in uh, some activities or so on. And then it's only two of us, no business, no kids, just the two of us for the whole Saturday. And then we have our own project on the side. We are filming uh, movies for this Facebook channel that we have together. And, you know, we are just having fun, basically spending the day. And that every Saturday, like we wait like the, the water, you know, to drink. And it's, it's really important to have those little. And then Sunday is like the whole day with four of us, you know, the whole family together. So there's, again, no work on the Sunday. And it's very, very good to have that balance in your life. So even though I work 12 hours a day, every day for five days, but then the rest of the time is nicely balanced. And I feel like there is some things that I would like to have more maybe sometimes, but you know, you have, you to, have sacrifice. to get Right. <laughs> so that's how it goes. Would you say that balancing all those parts of your life is the most ch challenging part in your life? Like, is this your biggest challenge or... Are there also other challenges that are bigger for you? You know, um, I'm probably already at the time of my life when I don't feel like I need anything more. Like I used to think that, oh, I need this new fancy car now and I got it. And then whatever, now I don't even have a car. <laughs> you know, it's like 
there is some point in your life when you think that, you know, especially when you move out of your parents' house, you feel that, oh, I'm going to have not like they mismatched everything in the kitchen. I'm going to have everything matching. <laughs> and then, you know, or, or I'm not going to do this shitty thing. I'm going to do this very good thing. And then it's like you are, you want to be your own person and you are building yourself in terms of material things. You feel that material things are very important. Now, for me, all I need is just a good laptop, the most recent laptop and a good phone. And, and that's it. Nothing else, really, you know. And after that, life is happy already, you know. I'm just doing the business not really for the money, not really for something else. It's because it gives me pleasure to create those things, like to, to give something that is useful to others. And when you're a software developer, you would understand. You take the black screen and you like just type in some white text and then something happens out of it. It's like you're creating the world from scratch. <laughs> you know, it's just an amazing feeling. And, uh, you know, nothing else matters in life. And plus, uh, we moved to Turkey from Canada. And, you know, just the water, the sea view, and then that's all you need, just the sea view and the good laptop. And then you're happy. <laughs> and then you're happy, yeah. Speaking of positive things, uh, now it's enough with negative things and challenges. What is your biggest achievement in life? My biggest achievement is... Hmm, I'm probably most proud of project-wise, I am most proud of Shopkeeper because out of all my businesses that I've done before, this is so far the most successful. So I'm really proud to have built it. And another thing that is, I am very much about mindset these days. And I'm really proud of myself that I achieved a certain type of mindset that entrepreneur has to have. What do I mean by that? You know, all, most of us entrepreneurs, we are jumpy. You know, we try a little bit of that, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, because we can't focus. And I thought I have ADD and I will never be able to focus. <laughs> well, actually, <laughs> there's this very good guy, um, Sam Owens, right? And he has this video on YouTube uh, that you can watch. It's called Monk-like Discipline. This guy is crazy and it's almost like a religion. I can't sell you him because you have to be ready your mind has to be ready to focus if you're ready to take that step and to change your life then you're ready to watch it if not don't even google it so that guy is teaching how to focus and everything in your life should be optimized your environment should be optimized like uh, for example you shouldn't waste time thinking about oh what should i order to eat ah okay then this and I, this is takes an hour and a half a day to think what you're gonna eat cook it and prepare it and so on so he has it to the level of organized that someone else prepares nutritional meals and brings to him he only eats 20 minutes and he's done and then like every process everything in his life is the mostly optimized possible on his phone he has only four apps and like basically delegating outsourcing everything so i'm using a lot of his um strategies and that's what i'm very proud of myself that i achieved from that jumpiness to be really focused so i have one method of marketing that i chose for my business and i'm sticking with it and every day that is my only focus and every task on my to-do list i think is this going to get me somewhere forward with that main focus? If not, move on, <laughs> you know. I just basically not do things that are not for the focus. And I used to get so many emails a day, like 100 emails every day would come in, right? And then if I miss the weekend, then 300 emails on Monday morning. And basically, Monday is lost now. So I have 
outsourced all of my emails. I'm personally only opening about five of them a day, which are actually personally addressed to me or need my attention. If there's something emergent, so I don't even check my email about two, three days, and then I check once, do what's needed. If there is an emergency, my assistant will assign me that email as a ticket, and I'll know that that's very important to look at. But other than that, like all those Amazon emails, for example, come in. You know, Amazon always says, oh, this new feature or that some policy change or something. They always keep changing you so many emails and I cannot dis disconnect from that because I'm in the Amazon world. Yeah, so sure. instead of me reading it, I have my assistant summarizing it. So basically I get it on Slack in a notification. So she gets 11 emails from all marketplaces in different languages, same, the same thing, you know, something like prices uh, reduced for storage fees. Yeah. So she just sends me one liner slack notification in the special ceo notifications channel is she just says so the price is reduced for storage fees you know and if i want more information i'll ask her to assign it and then so she opens all these 11 emails and she puts it in correct box closes reads it summarizes it all this job basically 15 minutes lost of my time it's in one millisecond you know just fees change then something else something else and i'm done reading my <laughs> notifications that's you super know? handy I, I think of that now too maybe i should do that too <laughs> Yeah, it's but, totally useful. It frees up your time. But like this um, extreme organization that Sam Ovens has, for example, do you think that's even possible when you have uh, children and hobbies? Definitely. He's not only talking about the whole day. Well, he is extreme. He only spends with his wife on Sunday, but in the evenings he barely spends any time with her. I am not that crazy. You know, I, for me, family is important. And uh, usually every evening I spend with them, I'm the one putting them to sleep. We swim, you know, because we are in Turkey. So we yeah. swim every evening, yeah. we go out, we do things, and then we go to sleep together, you know. So it's important. When you don't have children, it's different. You can spend more time. Uh, but still, most of his things are applicable to my life during the working hours. So, you know, I'm not so jumpy anymore. I'm just doing important things. And if you look at my schedule, it's, it's very strict, you know, and minimized. Only the most important things are happening. And so, outside of, of your... Oh, sorry. I didn't want to cut you off. Outside of your, <laughs> of your working hours, what do you like to do for fun? I'm, I'm sure you have hobbies. Yeah, so I, I like to swim uh, with my kids, especially that my uh, five-year-old boy just learned to swim and he's now all excited and there's no more of that watching with a keen eye, you know, so I can just let him swim around me. I like that. I like to be outdoors and just even just sitting and walking around, I just, I don't know, I, I get a little anxious in, indoors. So I... I like to be outside. So whatever outside activities there are, I've, I've done most of them. <laughs> I really enjoy it. And um, because we, we met at, uh, at Sellerfest in Tel Aviv, right? And you were a speaker there. Would you say um, doing your keynotes and being a speaker at different events is also some sort of hobby of yours? Actually, it's part of my strategy. Just like I mentioned, I do things that are part of my focus. And one of the strategies is for me to connect with the other people in my field. So other service providers, other software, other, other people who are in the same what I do. So that's what I call my ROI, making those connections. Because in the end, it's all about people and human relationships. It's very hard to understand that for someone who just started the business. They, like in the beginning, I was thinking, I'll just sit behind the screen, just show the demo without my face, and that's it. But now I learned 
realize that you have to be out there. People buy from people, you know, they don't buy from anonymous company. They yeah. like to know who's the person behind it, you know, and I guess that's the reason you guys are doing the interviews and putting on some mundo. Just for people to have a face out there that, you know, they can feel that they want to buy from you or not. So going to conferences gives me that access to those other people, especially when I'm a speaker. Then after I speak, everyone knows me. So everyone who is attending, they all know me. And then it's much easier to start the icebreakers done. You know, it's much easier to, uh, to talk to anyone out there. So I like going there. Okay. Um, my favorite question ever is if you could hire a famous person to work for a shopkeeper or to work with you or to have as your boss, who would that be and why? So I would not hire Sam Ovens to be my boss <laughs> because I would have no life. <laughs> but even though he's my mentor and I follow him like crazy, but I would not want him as a boss. But in terms of employees, famous person, All the famous people that I like, they are all sort of like me. And that's the worst thing you can do, hire someone like you, right? Because I am not very good at proceeding with the same thing over and over and over, the same spreadsheet filling over and over. It's just, I, I get bored so fast and it's not creative and no challenge for me. So because of that, I try to hire people who are who don't mind the repetitive work. And mostly these are people who feel safe having a job. They are not entrepreneurial at all. They like the safety of the job. That's why they don't mind doing those boring things because they feel it's a safety. And because now you're saying who's famous like that. So I'd have to think who's famous, who's such a doer, you know? And there's so few of them. Look, Richard Branson, jumpy, you know, 200 yeah, companies he has. And then whoever I think of, you know, they're all like so jumpy and so uh, entrepreneurial. It's so hard to come up with. Okay, I'll tell you a person. You know, this cartoon, Masha and the bear. So I'd hire the bear because he's such a good babysitter and he's always just whatever crazy things Masha does. He's always, you know, it's okay. Let's take care of that. It's okay. So I need that kind of person in my company who would, you know... <laughs> Uh, when I do some mess, he would take care of it. And, you know, so that would be the perfect famous character, I guess. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> this part. Okay, perfect. <laughs> That's a nice answer. <laughs> um, I know you're really into pricing strategies, right? You speak about that a lot and also on the internet, on blogs, uh, webinars, you always speak about pricing strategies. Can you name three tips that you would give to any Amazon seller out there regarding pricing? Sure. So let me give you maybe the best ones, the easiest ones to do. First one is about free shipping. You know how on Amazon there's this threshold of that you have to get a certain amount of, you have to spend a certain amount, like $25 you have to spend in US if you don't have Prime membership. And then it will be free shipping. So, uh, When your prices are just under 25, like 22, 23, and 24, it's very useful in, to increase it to be above 25. That way, you suddenly appear in those filtered search results when people check the chat box, free shipping. And then suddenly you make more profit and then they don't pay for shipping. So that in the end, they are paying less and you are making more money. So win-win situation. So totally recommend going and checking all your prices right now. If you have any um, items that are lingering, just 
just under the thresholds. And I think it's like 29 in France euros. So just under those prices, like one or two euros. Tip number two, you know how there's this ending 99, 99, 99, and that conditioned us psychologically to believe that nine is a good deal. So when the tests were, tests were done and I tested it, compared to prices, $34 and 39. Actually, 39 sells better than 34 because there is a nine in it and it feels like a deal and it somehow feels like a better deal. So that force retracts the people a bit. Even so when though it's five, five euros more or five dollars more. Yes, but this strategy only works when your competitors are not all doing like $34 as well. You know, then you'll be the only one 39. But yeah. if, if your range is free or like you are more unique product where you are charging your own price and you don't depend on the rest of the, the listings next to you, then it's a really good idea to do the numbers with nines. If you can't jump that much, if you are fighting for the price, then use the charm numbers, which are five, seven, or nine. You know, like Walmart using 995, 995, and there is internet marketers, they use 997, 997. So seven, five, and nine are like the most used numbers to be like deals. That's why if you use those digits in your prices, regular prices, so don't use two, four, and six, use the five, seven, and nine, and then they will definitely increase your sales because of that. And uh, tip number three, what can I give you? I'll give you this one. So enable the coupons. That's a good idea because most sellers don't even have the coupons. And now there's this green flag that every coupon has, right? And that just very nicely stands out comparing to all the oranges that are around from Amazon branding. So using the coupon will definitely increase your click-through rate that equals to higher traffic equals to higher sales on Amazon. Perfect. Thank you. That's a pretty nice resource for our uh, users that are watching right now. Um, and speaking of uh, free resources, are there any podcasts or blogs that you would recommend um, to Amazon sellers to just fill out the knowledge? Yes, if there's about 300 Facebook groups and I would recommend joining all of them. <laughs> it's a strange suggestion, but you know why? In the old times, there used to be these forums online, you know, whatever topic you are, and then you can Google the answers. And these days, you cannot Google so much answers about Amazon business. And if you need those answers, they're all locked in under those groups in Facebook you know, because there's no more forums these days. So if you join all of them and unsubscribe from notifications so that you don't get them notifications anymore, but when you need to search for some information, for example, shipping UPS, like UPS guy didn't show up, you know, for example, yeah. I did that. And then you put in Facebook search and then you say, just show me all the results from the posts in my groups. And then you see every other seller that ever mentioned UPS guy not showing up, you know, so it's, it's really nice, your own search engine, basically. And there's a list of 300 plus Facebook groups online. It's uh, hosted by my friend Augustus Klikis. You can just Google Facebook, uh, Amazon seller Facebook groups, and it will be like the first result. It will say 300 plus Facebook groups. Join all of them and you'll have your own search engine to all the answers about Amazon. Perfect. Thank you for, for this tip. I'm, I'm sure that our users are appreciating it. Then I'm already at my last questions. What are your next steps? Next steps in the software? Yeah. 
in the software. So next is a very interesting feature that we are working on is the problem section. So basically right now we are showing how many new sales came in. There's this ka-ching sound when the sale comes in. But now there will be a mm sound when, <laughs> when there is a problem in your business. Okay, I can't play it very nicely, but it's like, mm, you know, the bad sound. <laughs> <laughs> and what will happen then instead of a nice green notification you'll get a red notification for example saying amazon fees increased on this asin go and check it out because if you don't notice you'll, you'll lose on your profit and many sellers have vas checking the amazon fees if they're increasing or not that's a huge job you know you could also set your own rules by notifications for example if inventory out of stock on this unit or almost out of stock, notify me. And that's when you will get those notifications. All kinds of different problems that you could happen that need your attention. So that's our next module. We are working on that. And hopefully it will be useful for everyone. Super nice. I look forward to check it out. Do you already know when you will launch that feature? Mm, yes, I know. I guess I shouldn't say the date because I know the date, but in development world, it's always like that, that it's more later than you think because there are many things changing in Amazon API. We have to deal with that. There is some certain seller that we didn't have a case before. So with a lot of things breaking, we are scaling at fast speed. So we have to deal with the database scaling issues. Can't promise on the date, but it will be this year. Okay, so pretty, pretty soon. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. Uh, I'm happy that you took the time to answer all of my questions and that you gave our users some insights on how to use Shopkeeper, your personal journey and also your company journey. And I hope we'll see each other soon. Thank you very much for having me. All right, guys, that's it for today. That was my interview with Paulina Mason. If you want to find out more about Shopkeeper or find other tools and other service providers that can help you grow your Amazon FBA business, just go to samrondo.com and check it out. I put the link in the description and I see you guys next time.